and welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is happening? My name is Curtis, and we've got another great show for you. On the line with me, right before he's flying back to Japan, is my good buddy Dustin. How are you, sir? Tired. Gen Con is a whole nother beast, man. <laughs> I want to go so bad with you sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, you're a seasoned veteran at this point. Also, on the line with us is our producer extraordinaire, uh, also sporting a 5 o'clock shadow. I'm the only clean-shaven member of the cast, for those of you <laughs> that don't have the video feed. Uh, He's got the face, <laughs> pretty much everybody. <laughs> uh, it's Cameron. Uh, Cameron, how are you, sir? Good, man. How about you? You know, I'm fantastic. Uh, we made it to episode 50. Woot. How exciting. Uh, yeah, dude, it you is. said that in a way that makes it seem like it's the least exciting thing ever. <laughs> right? Pretty much everything Come right on, now Cameron. Is. Come sorry. on, get sorry, pumped. Sorry. Yeah, one year, really. I mean, I think we had like technically a one break during Christmas, and then we kind of did like that weird, I don't know what you would call episode, a couple episodes episode ago. episode you and, hate. Yeah. You mean the episode I said we shouldn't do that you guys forced me to do? You know, honestly, we had quite a bit of people like that and yeah. we might just have to start to do a, a barbecue podcast yeah some people also like to dress up in leather and get whipped but i don't need any of that <laughs> oh True. oh dustin what dude it you know just so the listeners know we've kind of had an audio problem with you that we fixed and right. now i can hear all that stuff clear as day <laughs> and i've missed it so um Anyway, so there's a, a lot that's happened this last week, um, but Dustin, I just totally want to throw it to you. I, I haven't gotten a chance to play, I know Cameron played a little bit, but dude, you were at the big show. You were Indeed. at Gen Con, man. So how did that feel? Well, let's see. This was my first year ever at Gen Con, and it's four days long. I feel like... I didn't get to like even scratch the surface of this place. So, really? so, so before you go any further, just describe to the listeners what is Gen Con and what differentiates it from other conventions. All right. Um, so Gen Con is a collaboration of like everything, right? So you've got magic, you've got board games, you've got um the role playing stuff you've got forums you have like little side things you've got cosplay you've got cosplay uh contest you have um kind of like street performers throughout the halls and so on right mm-hmm. um, basically if it's on a tabletop it's there even if it's not on a tabletop it's there <laughs> okay fair enough okay um it's 4 days long the itinerary literally has events going 24/7 um, if they have enough people to have a draft at 2 a.m., they're having a draft at 2 a.m. Awesome. It just, the queues keep moving and keep going. Um, there's also, like, a company had brought in those little, like, virtual reality pods, and you can play the video games in there. Um, Curtis, there was a room that had some arcade machines in there, oh, you know? That's awesome. Just really random things that all go together. Um, but, okay, so it's the Indiana Convention Center. And the place is huge, and they rent the entire building. Not just like an event hall and a room or this and that. It's the entire building, and every room basically has something going on in it. It's That's, just crazy. That is awesome. That sounds super cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Curtis, you could have played uh, Catan on a uh, a rug that was probably like 
20 by 16 or even bigger, right? You could that play Giant Catan. Um, there was multiple stuff like that. There was um, like a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon that was like made like a haunted house where you actually go in it um, with awesome. like a team of some other people, stuff like that. It's just magic is a very small portion of Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I found the, the, the most odd is the giant event hall where there's all the dealers and the places you can buy stuff and the artists and everything else. It only is like between like nine and that might be wrong. It might be eight, eight or nine. And then they close it down at six and just like push everybody out. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's still all the other stuff on the side and you can go play and do trading and all this other stuff. Right. Um, and then on Sunday, from what I understand, uh, four o'clock comes and they shut it down. And then by the time it's five o'clock, like everybody's saying, get out, get out, get out, get out. And they empty all the rooms and they're cleaning everything up. So hmm. it's really quick to get everybody out on Sunday. So are they wanting people to go to all of those like side rooms and everything? Is that why everything kind of just shuts down right at six on a Saturday or? Um, I don't know. I think that it's partly, you know, it gives people that are behind counters, uh, like the workers and stuff like that, time to enjoy Gen Con as well. Sure. Um, okay. You also don't want, like, the artist having to sit there and, like, strain from, you know, signing stuff and doing altars and all this other stuff the whole time. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know the exact reason for it. I, I felt that it should have been something they, like, let go to eight at least. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. That's just me. Um, we're used to magic tournaments that just go on forever with no <laughs> right, breaks, no matter right. what, right? So, so in the the cosplay world, there was you know hundreds of cosplayers that were for a bunch of different genres, comic books, this, that, everything else. But there was uh, there was a Liliana, there was a Nissa, there was a Jace, um, there was a girl that dressed up like a Johnny, and her outfit was really good. She had the the scar on the eye and everything; it mm-hmm. was really good. Um, and then there was. Uh, a Ral Zarek, which I seen him at some other uh, events before. Who? Um, Ral Zarek? He's a Dragon's Maze Planeswalker, <laughs> so don't worry about it, Kim. Okay. And there was uh, a couple <laughs> that was apparently like Grook and uh, Elspeth. So, so did you cosplay as Rob Lagojevich in the contest, or no? I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. Jeez, what a missed opportunity. Anyway, if, so if it was Illinois, maybe I would have. Sure. But being sure. in Indiana, you know. That's fair. That's fair. So you specifically, though, <laughs> were you there mostly to trade? or I, I was there mostly to trade at first, and then it's just, you know, you, you see how big the event hall is with all the booths and everything like that. Um, there was actually three shops from Kansas City that were there, which I didn't oh. really expect that. Um, there might have been more. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just had to wander the event hall because there was just so much stuff. Uh, there was a couple artists that were at other booths that weren't in the artist area that uh, I didn't realize was there, but that was cool. Um, yeah, it's just, like I said, scratching the surface. I feel like there's so much stuff I still missed out on. How, mu- how much trading did you actually do, though? Trading, again, there's, it's like 24-7. You could typically find someone's floating around. Um I mean, obviously, when it does get later, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., it kind of clears out, but there is still people around. Uh, Wednesday, trading was really good, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. just got there. They're fresh, and they're happy, and trading, and trading. And then Thursday, it was a little bit more rough. Um, 
trading was still good, but I want to say like as the days were going by, like late night Saturday and everything, people are trying to find more people to trade with, and it's like everybody's been awake so much, they're getting grumpy about it, right? <laughs> Fair you know, so mm-hmm. people just become belligerent as time goes by. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like super bad, right? But mm-hmm. you can tell like they're tired and they're kind of irritated because they're like, "Well, I'm looking for this. We're all trying to finish our list, and they've been told like by the last seven people, no, I don't have this card." And you know, they're just getting kind of irritated because you're in a room of thousands of people, but you can't find what you're looking for. So, Dustin, would you say it is the best magic event to take your significant other? Because I've heard that about Gen Con before, that it's much better than other magic-oriented things. Right, right. Um, Now, you've talked talked in the past about how you're playing a game of magic and, like, the girlfriend or boyfriend is is sitting there and they look like they're just bored out of their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's still a lot of that, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it, it's one of those things that maybe they were hanging out for a little bit or they were just tired because they've been doing so much stuff. Um, I, I is it guess, more gender-friendly is what I'm trying to get to. Here. Right, right. There was a, a group of guys that were, were, were I guess, bickering amongst themselves. Um, and they're talking about how they've come all this way. They're playing board games with complete strangers, having the time of their life, just enjoying themselves. But this guy's girlfriend, instead of hanging out with them, is off like taking a class on how to bake cupcakes and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Which okay. don't don't okay. ask me why that's anything for Gen Con, but whatever, right? And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you know what? When you get home, your girlfriend's going to be able to make you cupcakes. Why are you complaining? <laughs> <laughs> right? The practical side. <laughs> I don't side. see the problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it, as, as long as you're not so clingy that you need your significant other at your side 24-7, then yes, I mean, there's plenty of things to do, you know, separate, come back, meet up, do some stuff, and, you know, just have fun and experience it, right? So, Cameron, we got to go one of these years. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, that's my question to Dustin is, would you go back, or would you take us with you the next next year? Uh, Definitely, definitely. Um, It's one of those events that I just, I don't know why we haven't gone before. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Um, the coolest thing, if not funniest thing I've seen, was in the event area where there's all these booths. And, and mind you, people pay like fat money to be here, right? Um, like one store said that the the table setup they had was like $20,000 just to set up, right? Wow. Um, but I guess a single table space, just kind of like tossed about, is like 1600 right? Which to me sounds cheaper than a GP or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot more people floating around. Anyway, so I don't know who they were or what was going on. There was a single table space. Table had, like, no tablecloth, no nothing on it. There was a guy sitting behind it. It's got one of those mats that has, like, little sections of cards are worth this much and everything else. And Mm -hmm. basically a piece of paper with some marker on it that says, we're buying MTG. (laughs) We're buying magic cards, right? And that's it. It is a plain table, two guys, a handwritten sign. And it's it's straight to the point, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have a company name, right? But they didn't even like run off their sign off of like a printer or anything, yeah. right? It's like Oddly they got there enough. and they're like, "Oh, we need a sign." That's actually nice. Wizards of the Coast table. I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that's the Magic bad. Online table. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now now here here's the funny thing. You're in this giant convention. There are hundreds of vendors. I need one thing and one thing only, and guess what they don't have? The hardest thing to find in Gen Con. You've got me stumped, dude. Power. Penny sleeves. 
I need really? a pack of Ultra Pro penny sleeves that cost a dollar, and I go around like twelve vendors, and it's no, no, no. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> penny That's sleeves. Crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally weird. Totally weird. Now, Curtis. On a side note, mm-hmm. it's Gen Con. Everybody's there. Guess who I met? Richard Kane Ferguson. No, no. I, I met the guy that actually owns the original Camel artwork. No way. Way. And you punched him in the face and stole it. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have it on him, but he did have proof by having the picture of it on his phone of, boom, there's my camel artwork hanging on the wall at my house. Dustin, you should clarify this because we've never talked about this on the air. You collect uh, the card camel. Indeed. Indeed. And so you have lots of them, and lots of them are altered or signed by other artists. Indeed. Including the original artist, right? Yes, yes. So it's a thing with you, and so this guy, he's just a magic art collector, or how did you um, like interact with this guy? So he collects uh, like misprints and stuff like that, and he likes the old stuff, um, and he had uh, a binder that had a lot of cool Arabian Nights stuff. So of course I asked him, I said, do you have any misprint camels? And mm-hmm. he said, <clears throat> no, but I collect camels, and I have a bunch at home, blah, blah, blah. And then proceed, or then I'm like, oh my God, so do I. I'm like, there's somebody else out there, right? And he's like, and I have the original artwork. And then it's like my jaw hit the floor and I'm like, no way. What? (laughs) Exactly, right? Anime face. It it, it takes a whole lot to impress me, you know? Because like, I just really don't care about anything. But man, it was was something. That's awesome. Well, dude, that's awesome. Sounds like you had a great time. Um, Cameron, you had a much less glamorous week yeah it was you, the iowa state fair which is um be quickly becoming like the the antithesis to gen con i think <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but not like, a lot of cosplay at the iowa state fair yeah so like the station i work for we do just tons of coverage for the iowa state fair it wrapped up on sunday and so i just like got home i have to just you know veg on magic i just went to my shop there's some guys playing and so we just kind of play tested um, and I had been following just Channel Fire, Fireball <clears throat> and just looking at a couple of articles and Reed Duke had something on Sylvan Carroted and Corsair Crufix and he was also talking about how powerful Genesis Hydra is. And so mm-hmm. I went and bought a playset um, and put them into my Naya Agro deck or not Naya Planeswalker whatever deck and started playing around with that. Um, I really dig that card and it's like it seems awesome and i'm I'm not familiar with like the history of other like i know there was like cascade or whatever but the idea that i can pay seven very very quickly to make a seven seven genesis hydra and then also get an johnny or elspeth for free just seems Mm -hmm. nuts like bonkers nuts it's awesome right right have have you ever cast a bloodbraid elf cameron you see that's one that was banned right uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, you missed that. Okay, one. so yeah, I never, I never played it. Curtis, I could have swore that when M15 was coming out, uh, you and I were talking about Genesis Hydra. About I can't remember awesome if we were talking about it or not. That's I could not remember. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but it's definitely a card that I'm high on. I, I, I think it's probably more suited to a two or one color deck. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there is the green devotion deck kind of floating around out there in standard right now, dude. But. The the cascade effect. I mean, Genesis Hydra has that certainly. Um, it, kind of a quote fixed cascade is uh, very 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 powerful. And Bloodbraid Elf, 
Uh, I'm no stranger to. I played that a lot in standard. That's mm-hmm. like right when I came back to play competitively. And uh, dude, there's just some that aspect of gambling off the top of your deck right? to see what's there. Yeah, it feels good. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, definitely going to be like playtesting with this more. Um, I'm, I saw really good success in playtest, and um, we'll see what happens um, the next couple of weeks with standard and see what happens. God, I want to like standard so bad, but I just I'm having trouble, dude. Yeah. I I actively did not go play standard this week because I'm just. I'm just bored. I don't know another way to say it. I mean, I know I've been negative on this whole season. You know, it's just when you're playing essentially variations on mono black and mono blue and green, red, and blue, white for the last, I mean, I don't know how much since October, I'm kind of, I'm kind of past it. The good news is, is that, you know, Cameron, you and I are going to be PTQing this coming Saturday um, in modern. And I'm just kind of excited to sink my teeth into that. I haven't had a chance to play test as much as I'd like. So I'm going in a little bit blind. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm essentially going to be playing the same list. I'm adding meddling mages that dust in through my way that look just great. They look just great. Awesome. Hey man, um, that's what I do. I know, I know. If if you didn't pimp my deck, dust, then I don't know who would. Let's just say that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll we'll report on that later on. But guys, we've got some actual new cards to talk about. So well, let's. I don't, I don't know about talking about them as much as mentioning them in passing right (laughs) okay well we will mention them in passing right after the break all right guys so we've actually got some new cards from cons of tarkir um i mean dustin you're right i don't know that these are cards that are going to make any kind of impact on anything but they give us a lot of um kind of a look at what's going to happen with cons and what right. the, the, the mechanics and all that kind of thing are. So um, two of them we kind of expected anyway, right? And there should be three more. Right, right. So, yeah, let's let's talk about that. So I assume you're, you're mentioning the lands, right? Right. There's new tri-lands. Right. So th- this is, uh, first of all, for those of you who don't know, and Cameron, you don't know, these are referential to lands that were in a Lara block. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the land cycle there was this only with Naya, Grixis, Jun, right. etc. Um, Dustin, does this put a bullet in the idea that there will be fetch lands in this set? Um, not necessarily. Uh, the good thing is these are coming in at uncommons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is if you were to throw some fetch lands somewhere... You got pain lands now and tri lands. Uh, the tri lands are coming in play tapped. You really don't have anything to fetch for except for basics, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it'd be a good time to kind of toss them in without breaking things, right? It mm-hmm. seems like it would help, yeah, kind of balance the mana issues that are going to happen with having so many things come in, to tap, come in tapped, right? Right. It It is worth pointing out, though, that. In Alara block, there were no rare lands like of the power level of the fetch lands or anything like that. Right. And first of all, and I just want to give them kudos, I don't know to what degree these will say, see play. I would imagine a significant amount. Right. I really, really prefer these kinds of lands to be uncommons. And I know we mm-hmm. were kind of harsh on the Scrylands when they first got released. They're, you know, we've, they've since been proven to be very good. However, I hate the fact that they're rare. I hate right. the fact that they're mm-hmm. rare. 
Um, and it's, it's a problem in terms of, you know, playability and player access. I mean, it's probably a bigger problem with Mutavault or something like that. Um, in terms of new players getting in and it's nice when you know a new player comes into standard if they want to build a three-color deck the the lands they need are at uncommon Mm -hmm. um and it promotes people drafting your set it promotes people trying new things with the mana they don't they're not necessarily locked into lands they have so that being said it's also going to be very interesting to see what this does to the scry lands so if you're playing a three-color deck Mm-hmm. I mean, how much is more value are you getting out of that scry versus no scry but an extra color? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel I, like if you're playing a three color deck, you're gonna have the two different scry lands that you need, and like maybe two of these, right? Not a full four of. That seems fair, and I think the more aggressive mm-hmm. three color combinations are gonna be playing mana confluence, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the big thing is since these come in play tapped and the scries come in play tapped is. Um, what people are doing, whether it's aggro or if they have, you know, a, more of a mid-game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, there's the lands. Not really that surprising. Yep. Um, now, there, there's some other ones. Cameron, because you're so tired, why don't yeah. you start us off with Thousand Winds? Yeah, we have Thousand Winds. It is a uh, creature elemental, and it costs four blue-blue. It has flying with a power and toughness of 5-6, and it also has this text, Curtis, um, you may be familiar with Morph. And it has yes. Morph, five blue, blue. You may mm-hmm. cast this card face down as a 2 2 creature for three. Turn it face up any time for its Morph cost. Mm-hmm. 1000 Winds is turned face up. Return all other tapped creatures to their owner's hands. Um. So this seems like a really um, interesting thing that maybe you could put into a control deck of some sort, like the blue white shell or something like that. Um, if you're playing against like an aggro deck or a quarter calling deck, something like this would be kind of sick as far as morphing it right at that appropriate time to return all their to all the creatures back to their hand, right? I mean, yeah, the question is getting to that point. Right, yeah, um, is it ever going to actually happen? I don't know. I, I mean, Dustin, I don't know what your opinion is on this. This is going to be a sealed deck all-star. Right. Uh, but past that, I, I'm i having t- trouble imagining a, a scenario where this is good in standard. Right. So I was thinking the same thing. It's morph cost is just, it's really high. I mean, you end up paying 10, essentially. Um, it, it's ability... It you know it could be devastating. Um, the creatures have to be tapped though. Like that's the other problem, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, if they don't see it coming, right? But if you do it once, they're gonna know. If you ever put down another morph creature, watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that we will still have Nykthos. We will still have Devotion decks. Maybe you can get there a little bit easier. But well, he's flipped over. He's not helping Devotion, right? Yeah, I no, assume. It- yeah, between the gold cards that we think are going to be there and then the devotion being gone from morph, I think devotion might actually play a much smaller role, you know, mm-hmm, in, right. in these decks because it's just not there's not as many enablers. Or or morph will play a smaller role. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, yeah. I think I think some of the gold cards though, the power level will be so high. Mm-hmm. Like something for example, Zergo Helm Smasher, just on its face is more powerful more powerful than a lot of things that are in Theros block. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how they're going to interact. I, I, 
I, maybe devotion will take over. I'm just maybe hoping against hope that that doesn't happen. Right. Um, Dustin, why don't you uh, go over the red card? Uh, Mardu Heartpiercer. He's one red and three colorless for a 2-3 human archer. He has a fancy ability called Raid. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, if you attacked with a creature this turn, he deals two damage to target creature or player. This guy, again, I feel very lackluster on. Um, limited. It's a limited card. The, the raid mechanic, maybe there will be like a rare or a mythic that does something really cool, but so far it's like if a guy attacked, he comes in, you get a shock something. Whoopity-doo, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much in that the the mechanic is more interesting than the card itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rare version of the, of the raid card, the raid creature, <laughs> is likely going to be quite good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, Especially right? in a red or aggressive deck. But uh, this card, hey, I mean, uh, four mana, two, three with raid, maybe that's really great in right. uh, cons limited. Well, th- th- uh, that, that's assuming that Raid is only a uh, red ability, right? I mean, you can oh, have yeah, something... yeah, it, it'll be a, a whatever that... Is it Mardu? Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, man, I'm gonna, it's going to take a long time for me to get used to saying that <laughs> uh, ability. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, so it, it could feasibly go across all three of those colors, correct? Right. So uh, the last one... Uh, is Jeskai Elder. And by the way, I'm officially of the of the camp that Jeskai is the easiest one to say. Now that I'm in the, like, learning them and all that, I think Jeskai okay. just rolls off the tongue. I is don't Mardu remember. that hard to say? Mardu sounds to me like... Cameron, you said Marmaduke, Marmaduke whenever we yeah. recorded this book, and now yeah. it's like in my head forever. I, yeah. see, I see. So Jeskai, uh, I can't even remember. Is that the... What, what red, colors? White, red, white, blue. Okay, America. There we go. <laughs> Or, or British, if you'd America, like. America, yeah. Or I don't know how many countries in the world. No. So, um, so Jeskai Elder is a one and a blue for a one-two. Um, whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you loot. But he's got prowess, um, which is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, this card itself is just kind of meh. It's cool. I think I'm going to play it in limited a lot because right. it's blue and it's uh, a looter, which is sweet. But so, so out of the ones spoiled, I like this guy the best. Um, mm-hmm. He reminds me kind of like Kiln Fiend or something. Um, I mean, obviously not as powerful. But you get to loot when you hit. So I mean, that's something, right? Right. But the other thing I was thinking about is if you're sitting back and you know you counter something on their turn, it makes you a bigger blocker too, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, you could it's, ambush it's, one of their guys. Yeah. It, it's a little versatile. So hopefully somebody else with prowess is better. Right. Yeah. And look at this guy, like working out in the gym, he's getting ready for you. Right. right? <laughs> um, so that's, that's what we have for cons to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm holding out hope that this set is going to, it's going to scratch the itch for me. Get me engaged in standard again. <clears throat> Um, and, you know, with these gold sets, if it's like Alara, there's going to be a lot of cards that are powerful enough for modern play, which would be sweet. Do we not get enough gold out of Dragon's Maze? Do we need more gold this soon? Yes. <laughs> I, I think okay. the the idea, because keep in <clears throat> mind, there's a bunch of stuff that's hybrid color. I would be shocked if there's anything that's hybrid color. Right. And keep in mind, 
no matter how much we crap on it, Commander is very much a thing, and these color combinations, you know, are are in demand for Commander. They're just right. they just haven't existed to the same extent that the Alara shards have. So, so I, I mean, I get that with the lands and stuff like that, but I just I don't know if we need generals. that many more new commanders, right? Hey, and and <clears throat> by the way, we are the actual last people that should ever talk about Commander. Fair like enough. we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Anytime there's a card that we don't know what it does or we don't think it's that good, we're just going to be like, probably good in Commander. I don't know. Exactly. Right. So, Dustin. Yes. They also unveiled from the vaults Annihilation this last right. week. Right. Do you have any on pre-order? I do not. So, I, I'm also assuming that you're not going to pre-order it or go buy it? I really didn't have any plans to. Um, from the vault, yes, they go up in price. Yes, they demand a premium as soon as they're released, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I feel year after year they just keep making so many more from the vaults than the the year before. You know, the print runs bigger, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and this one here, it's just to me very lackluster. It's neat that we're getting you know rolling earthquake that'll help people that couldn't afford one prior right mm-hmm. um the majority of everything else i'm seeing is just like whatever right um we get wrath of god it's not even played in legacy right yeah it's supreme like, verdict is kind of yeah supreme verdict took over it. so it's like sure we have a new wrath of god um which you know quentin hoover passed away and then they you know take his art away that's just kind of rude right <laughs> yeah i i just to back that up, because I know that there's some rights issues with old artwork versus new artwork and the way that right. they structure those agreements. And it would have been really cool to see Quentin Hoover's artwork on this. Instead, I see Heliod, and it's just, I don't right. know. It, mm-hmm. it would have really honored the legacy of the game to use that classic Wrath of God artwork. And I think it was a missed opportunity, because I'm telling you right now, if, if the Quentin Hoover artwork was on it, I would have at least bought that individual card, right, for my cube, right. And I, I, you, you mentioned that, and I, you totally stole my thunder. You're a jerk. What I do? Um, um, so Terminus sees Legacy play. That's probably the one that sees, you know, in the Miracles deck. That's the one that matters the most in terms of eternal play. It, it, it also seems like the one out of the entire set they didn't need to put in there. You know, Terminus mm-hmm. is by no means hard to find or expensive. I mean, sure, it fits the theme, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, like Terminus should have had new artwork if they were doing it, right? Yeah, uh, and also, I mean, occasionally Armageddon pops up here and there. Uh, right. That's a sweet version of Armageddon. That's probably my favorite card from the set. Uh, Fire Spout, again, on very rare occasions. I shouldn't say rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sees play in Scape Shift. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Fracturing Gusts. I shouldn't say sees a lot of play, but sees some so, in Modern, but... A lot of this is cube and right uh, EDH type stuff. So speaking of Armageddon, don't you think that they should have put the Portal Three Kingdoms version in? Because just like Rolling Earthquake, it demands a premium, and you know I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like to add it to an EDH deck or be able to use it, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and 
Virtue's Ruin over Parish seems really weird to me. I don't know yeah. why that is exactly. Granted, I mean, just being honest with everyone, <clears throat> I'm a little bit of an upheaval fanatic, so I will be buying that version of the card to put in my cube. Right. Um, is this the first time Smokestack's been foil? I don't know. I, well, that's definitely new artwork. Okay. But I mean, in terms of if you're just looking to trade for and pick any of this up, I mean, what are the what are the to gets? Armageddon, Fire Spout, Fracturing Gust, Terminus. Uh, I, I'm thinking more like Rolling Earthquake, and that's about it. Okay, now that's fair. What is what it was Rolling Earthquake before this? Do you even know? Um, I want to say it was like eighty ish, give or take. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it just Cameron. Do you have really... anything to add about the? Overall mehness of this from the vaults. You mean like I would putting living really, death in there? Really prefer there to be new Jaces, you know. <laughs> Dude, hey, <sighs> I've been annihilated by Jace the Mind Sculptor many times. Right, yeah, it does yeah. happen. Um, you know, the kind of startling omission is damnation. So, a lot of people believe that that's an indication that damnation will be coming again very soon. Right. Um, which. You know, there is no four mana wrath effect in standard that we know of for the upcoming, you know, r- rotation. So damnation might be the thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, I, I probably will cherry pick some of this here and there, but I'm <clears throat> overall not very excited for it and kind of disappointed. I, I, what, I, I mean, this is like probably from the Vault's Legends again, right? To that level. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I actually think Legends was better. Oh, strong so. words. I think Strong what they need to do next year is like from the vault bears, right? <laughs> and like reprint Tarmogoyf yet John again. John Celso's invitational card there. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. No, I, th- I think, you know, like Tarmogoyf needs to get printed again. Sure, they might print it again in Modern Masters 2. It's just, it keeps going up and I don't get it. I mean, the whole point of putting it in Modern Masters was to help more players be able to get it and play with it. And now it's just, I don't know, it's not helping. Well, if you would quit just hoarding the two hundred thousand that you're holding on to, oh, right. you'd probably have a. If if I had that many Tarmogoyfs, I'd like go buy a Ferrari, right? <laughs> yeah, right. What well, what Ferrari? Let's go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, if you had the money, you'd have to get a Ferrari Enzo because there's only like three left in the world because everybody keeps wrecking them, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Right. <laughs> I don't like those odds. <laughs> <laughs> what's, they're what's, cursed is cars. It Californian is like the convertible. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I right. don't know. I think my wife would enjoy that one. Just <laughs> Maybe. Today Maybe. on Ferrari Talk. Um, <laughs> things that we'll never afford. Uh, so, yeah. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Come back. I want to talk. We're going to have Cameron become a spike. Do a little bit of talk about hitting episode 50. And then we will cut it off for the week, gentlemen. All right, Cameron. So your card for the week is... Upheaval? Yes. From the Vaults, Annihilation. One of my favorite cards of all time. Not just because it's blue. Really? So, 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 Curtis, you said you were thinking about maybe picking up the From the Vaults version of this. Why, when you can get the Odyssey foil with the old border... Would you want oh, that from the fair. vault? That's fair. That's fair. You make a good point. I actually might have the old version in foil. Right. 
But anyway, Cameron, so what does Upheaval do for those of uh, the listeners that don't know? So we have Upheaval. It costs four blue-blue. It's a sorcery card, and it has the text, Return all permanents to their owner's hands. Um, Read the flavor text. Just give oh, that to me. Come on. The calm comes after the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, Hurricane Andrew. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so upheaval, I guess, is is good if, like, you're just wanting to reset the board, right? Where I don't know what deck you would want this in, but, I mean, let's say they have their Jace, Liliana, and whatever else in Esper Stoneblade. You cast this, and all of a sudden, reset, right? And you can start over. So, Cameron, you're not thinking unfairly enough. Okay. So I want keep in mind it is all permanence. So all permanence means what? Um, be all lands and yeah. everything. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So everything all other bounce spells like this do not include lands, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what you do: you're drafting cube. <laughs> you draft a bunch of artifact mana, and you draft like Sylvan Caryatids, Lano or Elves. Rafellas, if you're feeling really crazy, right? And you put all your palms on all these things <laughs> and you turn it all sideways and you make, let's just say, I don't know, just for giggles, 22 mana. Okay. okay. You cast upheaval. How much does upheaval cost? Four blue, blue, six. Right. So then you have 16 mana floating and then you cast Emrakul. Your opponent has a literal nothing. Oh, wow. And you have nothing except for the one creature, right? Right. Okay. It's a glorious. That glorious is pretty thing. awesome. Yeah. So the key is that you're floating mana whenever you upheaval. Yeah. And so then you, I mean, even if you play like all your artifacts back out with the mana that you floated, you're just so far ahead of your opponent. Mm hmm. And Dustin, an upheaval costs nothing, right? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much nothing. And, and with the new one being uh, coming out, it'll probably be even more of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a small price to pay for pure joy. So, gentlemen, let's wrap up episode 50 with, with a little bit of a talk. So, <clears throat> we've been doing this for a year. We've actually been doing it longer for a year because what did we do? Like six practice oh, we, shows? We tested a lot, yeah. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So, Dustin, you hounded me forever to get a show going, right? Right, right. And not just because you wanted to wake up on Monday nights at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but you wanted, to, you wanted to do a video game podcast, and you were worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about with Magic. Right. Well, and so it, what we've done is we've made a 45-minute show. Right. Um, and Dustin now has to wake up in the evenings, which is all very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, Cameron... This was like the biggest, this was the most difficult thing for you, right? Because you hadn't played Magic competitively or really at all before really? doing the show. Yeah, yeah. I just knew that we hadn't done a video game podcast before. I loved doing that with you guys. I loved like the radio aspect and just like that creative itch. Um, and when you said that, I was like, okay, I guess I'll get into Magic. I mean, I always liked playing Magic casually, so just kind of got into it. And yeah, it's fun. <clears throat> So, I mean, how much of a change has that been for you over the last year, though? I mean, in terms of... Well, it's been a change to the wallet, and it's been a change uh, 
for the marriage. We'll say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You uh, mean no. your wife enjoys her free time? She's exactly. Like, she's like, oh my gosh, he's gone Friday nights. Finally, right. I can just yeah. Right. Uh, she can watch Dawson's Creek now without yeah, your judgment. Yeah, Dawson's Creek and read or, or get back magazine. to her vibrator. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but it's actually great. I, I mean, like, I had no idea that I would actually enjoy competitive magic as much as I do. Where, like, any time that I feel like I'm not working, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm spending every waking moment thinking about cards or just playtesting or just you know. <clears throat> putting together certain decks it's a uh, it's so much fun i can't express how awesome it is and, and dustin for you it's been more like <clears throat> talking about how much you trade and that was something that i knew going into this that you were really good at trading that that's something that you are just i mean obviously super talented is it weird like having to share that stuff like out over the internet yeah i mean a little bit um it's just one of those things that sometimes you just you, you don't necessarily want the world to know what cards you're going after, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're speculating on something and you want more out there for yourself. I'm just greedy that way. Yeah, that's fair. You know we're going to find Dustin on like a uh, infomercial sometime where he's going to sell his 10 secrets to selling magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be in Japanese and we'll yeah. be like, what? <laughs> and I don't know what the kanji is for Rob Blagojevich, but you know that's going to be his pseudonym, right? right. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, guys, like the thing is, obviously I'm a talk box. Obviously I love... Um, you know, planning shows and and putting this stuff together. But what's been awesome is not only hanging with you guys, but seeing how well and how quickly we've grown. I would put it at alarming levels. Mm -hmm. And that people really connect. I'm always amazed when we'll talk to people through Twitter or live about the show and how much they remember about what we said and we don't remember (laughs) what we said. (laughs) Right? Just a bunch of idiots talking. So... legitimately legitimately true um but no if you're out there listening we hey we love having you listen and we love having you hit us up on twitter well maybe not dustin but yeah um we have just been overwhelmed by the success and all that so thank you guys so much for sticking with us for the 50 episodes and we'll be doing probably 450 more um, before I cut out on the show and do all that, I do also want to mention just real quick, obviously, you know, we're a magic podcast, but our thoughts are most certainly going to the other end of the state with everything that's going on in Ferguson. I don't want to really get into it, but obviously that's something that we've been thinking about a lot mm-hmm. as this, you know, last week has progressed because it's, you know, three and a half hours. Dustin drove through St. Louis and caused a lot of problems yeah, yeah. while this Dude, was all occurring. Free looting. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, hey, to our to our friends in St. Louis, we're thinking about you. So, Dustin, if someone would like to loot with you, where could they find you? Ferguson, obviously. <laughs> I mean, they're done in, in California. They finished that like in the nineties. Like ninety two's over. Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you, no more. I'm done. <laughs> And I'm at Curtis now. You can catch up with our show on mtgcast.com, brainstormbrewery.com, and spikepeed.com. Please, God, let this show be over.
cut it off for the week? What does that even mean? <laughs> Don't ask me. You're the one Our saying Our show it. is suddenly an umbilical cord. 